If your AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for coming together to work with us at this time of uh, opportunity, which is the full moon interlude each month. As most of you may know, tomorrow morning is the exact time of the full moon at 8.53 a.m. And so we encourage all of you who can, who have the time or the space in your day, to link up prior to that exact moment, um, because that's the day of safeguarding. The full moon is is the day of safeguarding. It's a day to cultivate an inner silence. And um, the exact moment of the full moon, we could say, is the time of deepest safeguarding in the monthly cycle. So people all over the world (coughs) are linking up in all different traditions, are linking up with this moment of contact. So we encourage you to do so as well. These interludes are times to pause. It's really a pause within the monthly cycle. And we're told that at this time of the full moon, it's as if there is an ability for us to collectively enter into a well of silence. A well that we're told is full of the water of life. And I think that this reference to life gives us a clue as to what is really possible for us at this time of the full moon, which I believe is to, as a group, extend our collective alignment and to partake of a touch of energy from the great incoming constellation of Aquarius. Because no matter what sign of the zodiac we might be uh, celebrating at any particular full moon, um, overriding that is this collective ability that we're having each month at the full moon to tap into the life aspect which is related to the Aquarius incoming energy. (coughs) So it's a great opportunity, and we're glad uh, to have you here with us, as well as all of the people who are tuning in via the live audio stream. So each month, uh, as we begin our work, we take a moment of silence, followed by the sounding of a mantra, the card that's on your chairs. This is an ancient mantra, we're told, a translation that was undertaken by the Tibetan. Uh, He translated this from symbols that he said predated Sanskrit and predated Sensa. So it's it's older than the oldest language available to us. And he says, he asks us to say this mantra with our whole heart and soul. So let's take a moment of silence and then we'll sound this mantra. I am a point of light within a greater light I am a strand of loving energy 
within the stream of love divine. I am a point of sacrificial fire, focused within the fiery will of God, and thus I stand. I am a way by which men may achieve. I am a source of strength, enabling them to stand. I am a beam of light, shining upon their way, and thus I stand. And standing thus revolve, and tread this way, the ways of men, and know the ways of God, and thus I stand. So this afternoon we're working with the energies of the great sign of Scorpio. And if you're familiar with the teachings of esoteric astrology, you'll know that of all the 12 signs, the Tibetan calls this sign the greatest experience on the path. And Scorpio, as you know, is a fighting sign. It's a sign of the warrior. It's a sign of struggles, challenges, sometimes triumphs and tests. So we might wonder why a sign that's associated with such struggle and strife would be also called the greatest experience on the path. Well, I think all of us from our own life experience probably know the answer to that question that those experiences and stages in our lives wherein we've been faced with struggles and challenges and testing and strife in retrospect become the greatest experiences in our lives because they foster within us a deepened compassion for the struggles and challenges that are facing others and they also open up within our lives the ability to serve because they place us, these struggles place us in the ability to contact our soul. And it's only as we begin to contact our soul that we can serve most effectively. So that's why I believe that he calls this sign the greatest experience on the path. We're also told that in this sign, the disciple sees for the first time when he emerges from the depths he sees for the first time the mountain of initiation, symbolic of the Capricorn experience, in the distance. And so we're led to believe that the experience in Scorpio prepares the individual to begin to make that approach to Capricorn, to that mountain top of initiation. So the points of crisis in Scorpio 
we're told, lead to moments of reorientation. And all of us are therefore asked to make a careful study of this sign, of its nature, its tests, its strengths, its weaknesses, and that we will come therefore to a deeper understanding of just what discipleship is, what it entails, and what it asks of us. There's an ancient teaching that speaks of this process in Scorpio, and it says, the heat of the earth, the mother, and the sting of the scorpion are the beneficent gifts which the turning of the wheel gives to the man at the beginning and the end. So this reference to the turning of the wheel is a reference to the stage of discipleship, um, which enables us through a long series of lives, it's not an instantaneous happening, through a long series of lives of struggle and application to spiritual practices, one eventually reaches a point wherein the wheel that one is revolving around is uh, stepped off of and one enters into a new wheel that we're told is, is moving in an opposite direction. And so the disciple finds himself or herself traveling in a direction which is contrary to the normal established flow of life that most people are following. Some people might compare this experience to the salmon who's swimming upstream while the rest of the fish are sort of easily going downstream with the normal currents. So it's a, it's a long, slow, and difficult process. And we're told that the influence of the sign of Scorpio is instrumental in this process of turning the wheel because Scorpio relates to the taking of the first three initiations. So through the sting of the scorpion, those painful experiences which occur both subjectively as well as on the outer planes of daily living, they lead eventually to the death, we're told, of the personality as we know it, which is symbolic of a burial in the ground under the conditioning influence of the ruling planet in the sign of Scorpio, the planet Pluto, the sign of the underworld, which aids us in the destruction of limitation. Only as the form is purified and refined by the rising of the inner fires is the dross eventually burned away and the limitations overcome the limitations that once served to arrest the footsteps of the pilgrim on the path of return. Through the transformative experiences of this death in Scorpio, that which no longer serves the warrior eventually goes away, and he emerges triumphant. And then we're told that he becomes symbolic of the word made flesh, Then the form resounds, sounding forth its essence as the physical sheath becomes merely a shell, a translucent body through which the inner fires can be released. This allows the individual to be what he or she essentially is. Then the true self, we're told, can reflect itself in the mind stuff, as the Eastern teachings say it, because that mind stuff is now 
harnessed and purified and stands as an accurate reflector of the indwelling divinity. And as this God consciousness is released upon the physical plane, the individual is no longer victim to the trappings of the world. And as the Bible says, he walks free with shining face and the light of his countenance is shed abroad upon all he meets. Through the gifts of the previous Lyburn experience, the individual has now been prepared through dispassion and the balancing of the pairs of opposites for the tests, nine in number, that take place in this sign. There's three tests, as you know, qualifying each of the three lower personality vehicles. Physically, the disciple must demonstrate his mastery over the lure of matter and the lower nature. Emotionally, he has to free himself from the astral moods and feelings and reactions and thus arrive at a relative point of peace. And upon the mental plane, he's no longer subject to the misuse of power and to the illusion of separateness. And his mental faculties instead are turned towards spiritual purposes and the service of the plan. As a result of this triple purification and reorientation, he enters fully into the flow of the soul's light and love. In the wisdom teachings, this stage on the path is said to be characterized as a liberation from the thorny path, that thorny path being indicative of the sting of life and experiences that occurs to the server on the way and up until a certain point in, in this scorpionic stage distracts and delays the pilgrim on the way. The pain distracts and turns him. But now, under the fires of liberation in Scorpio, the individual begins to free himself from these thorns, and they no longer hold the power to pierce him in a fundamental way. And eventually, as a result of this liberating experiences, he emerges from the waters. For Scorpio, as you know, is a water sign. And in the initial phases, we can drown within that water. But of this process of redirection, we read, let the seeker after truth escape from drowning and climb the river's bank. Let him turn instead towards the northern star and on firm ground stand, his face directed towards the light. Then let the star lead. So here we see a reference to the pole star, which becomes active in the life of the disciple under the conditioning influence of Leo. But we're told that the experience of integration that's undergone in the Leo stage of consciousness leads to the eventual scorpionic ability to enter the path of discipleship. So this pole star is known as the star of direction, and it's symbolic of our alignment with the spirit aspect and our connection with the inner light. Of all the signs, Scorpio is known as the sign that's preeminently associated with the path of discipleship. So we might take a moment to just consider what is a disciple? 
In the East, you might know that the word used for the disciple is achela. And achela means, it's defined as one who serves. But in the West, we more often than not use the word disciple. And it's genuinely dis- defined as a learning boy. It's one who applies themselves to a particular teacher or teaching and as a consequence learns. So I think if we combine the Eastern and Western definitions, one towards service and the other towards a vertical alignment with a teaching or a teacher, we might come to a fuller understanding, a more completed point of view of what it actually is to be on this evened arm cross of discipleship. We reach above and we serve outwardly. Alice Bailey wrote that to to determine the defining nature of a disciple, one must look beyond surface factors to the motive underlying the actions, something that might not be readily apparent from outer appearances. So discipleship is more related to a state of living and being, she said, to an attitude of mind rather than to what one does or what one says. Alice Bailey equated discipleship with truth. She wrote that the chela has to face truth at all times. Truth about him or herself, truth about other people, truth about the processes of nature, and truth about the work of the hierarchy. But we might also ask then, what is truth, really? Alice stated that lofty concepts are merely words, after all. They're theoretical, and in reality, the capacity to see, to hear, to speak, and to think truth are very rare indeed to find in any individual. And because we live in times that are so thick with glamour and distortion, it's difficult for us to recognize a genuinely truthful person because we're not accustomed to such an energetic field. Such a person might be so utterly harmless and simple in their manner of expression or perhaps so powerful and directed depending upon the quality of their rays so as to confound our recognition. Alice also said that truth when present had the tendency to produce much difficulty in the life of an individual so qualified. Truth can therefore be painful. Another quality of truth which is helpful to remember is its relative nature. For truth is like the path itself, ever unfolding and building upon itself. So the best we can perhaps do as seekers after truth is to attempt to listen to the voice of our own conscience, which is, after all, all we really need to guide our steps, and to remember that we're acting with only partial knowledge. And as we come to know more, we will change course accordingly. Our conscience is like the pole star of our lives, guiding us and providing direction. Dostoevsky had a beautiful quote related to truth in his novel, The Brothers Karamazov. He said, above all, don't lie to yourself. 
the man who lies to himself and listens to his own lie, comes to a point that he cannot distinguish the truth within himself or around him, and so he loses all respect for himself and for others, and having no respect, he ceases to love. Issues of truth and falsity have been highlighted for us in this country in the long election cycle through which we have just passed. It's been a difficult process, difficult for us all to see clearly just what is going on here at this ending of the age we walk and live and move in a sea of glamour and illusion, seeing all things misshapen and distorted as through a thick, and impenetrable fog. It's no wonder then that we might be left with many questions. And we are still reeling from the results over the course of this Scorpio full moon period. These results, of course, have been shocking to all sides and have sent reverberations around the world. And the divisions have widened as a result of the election and we must now go through a painful process of healing on both sides of the divide. Hopefully, out of this situation, some new ideas, new energies, and new direction will emerge. The American people are energized to forge some new paths, not merely those people who are aligned with the new administration, but also those who are working more at the grassroots level. All difficult experiences hold within them the potential to serve as catalysts for change, and certainly the present situation is no exception. Perhaps these changes will contribute to a house cleaning in the field of politics that's so necessary at this time, and particularly so in this country. Some have said that the struggle that's going on in the United States is really a um, microcosm of the struggle that's going on in the planet as a whole. And some say, actually, that the United States perhaps stands as the collective planetary dweller on the threshold, that the challenges that are working out in this country are a symbol of, as I said, of the planetary process. We are governed, we're told, by the sixth ray, the ray of idealism and devotion at the level of the personality. And this is the ray energy that is transiting out on a collective scale. So the sixth ray has, th at this time, a tendency towards crystallization, towards fundamentalism, towards dogmatism, and towards violence. And so it's up to us those of us who serve or aspire to serve as disciples within this great land to do what we can to invoke and evoke the soul of our nation because that is the responsibility of the disciples in any country to come together subjectively to invoke that soul. And we do know that the soul of the nation is found to be conditioned by the energy that's coming in, which is the Aquarian energy. So on the personality level, we're aligned with the past, with that which is going out, with a very virulent strain of aggressive energy at its worst.
But at the soul level, our country is aligned with that which is new, with that which is incoming, and with that which is on the horizon. And so, again, it's our responsibility to work to shift the energies from the personality perspective into the perspective of the soul. Ultimately, the struggle for truth is the struggle that is unfolding on our planet. And it is the reward of the Scorpio experience. That is what Hercules was fighting for in this labor and in every labor, the progressive unveiling of ever deeper and finer gradations of truth. That's all each of us can ask of ourselves and of our nation, to have the essential freedom and dignity to do the will of our soul and to hold forth the vision before the eyes of humanity. The Scorpio experience, while being carried forward in the depths and the apparent darkness, leads eventually, we know, to the bringing forth of light. In fact, one of the keynotes of this sign is simply that, the light of day. These transformations into light are carried forward as the result of intuitive perception. In the previous sign of Libra, we're told the individual has brief flashes of intuitive insight. But within Scorpio, the Scorpionic experience, these flashes of insight are transferred into a steady stream of illuminating energy. At this stage, the disciple is no longer held captive by the false light, the astral distortion that beguile, but rather by the clear light of day. It's said in the Yoga Sutras that all things can be known in the vivid light of the intuition. This is the potential held out by the Scorpio experience. This is the ability that the disciple Hercules had to come up with a way out of the increasingly difficult situations in which he found himself. It was only through the use of this steady stream of intuitive impression that he was able to make that challenge. And the, the individual learns to trust the impressions that precipitate into his or her consciousness and to utilize them by turning this light upon all matters subtle, obscure, and remote, as Patanjali wrote. Through this means, his horizon extends, his problems are resolved, and his efficiency is increased. The struggles of the man or woman in this sign, which are the struggles between spirit and matter, between darkness and light, between the unreal and the real, are only part of the picture and find their greater parallel in all the many gradations of evolutionary development human, planetary, systemic, and cosmic. At each stage of unfoldment, there will be found those lives, great and small, that are passing through the Scorpio experience, struggling to free themselves from imprisonment and entering into greater light. These struggles that are so incendiary at this time upon our planet will have their just reward someday. The Tibetan enunciates this truth in a potent passage from a treatise on cosmic fire. 
He said, just as the planet called the Earth is regarded as the turning point or the battleground between spirit and matter in our system, and it is therefore from that very consideration of great importance in our system, it holds our system as a whole holds an analogous place in the cosmic scheme. So what's going on here is instrumental in what's going on in the system as a whole, the solar system. But what's going on in our solar system is also instrumental in a larger transformative alignment that's going on within cosmic levels. The cosmic man, the solar Arjuna, is wrestling for his individualized, perfected self-consciousness and for freedom and liberation from the form and from the not-self. So man on this planet battles for similar ideals on his tiny scale. So battle in heaven Michael and his angels, or the divine heavenly men, whose problem is the same on the higher scale. So, let's take the opportunity that stands before us now, again, to work together with all the individuals and groups throughout the planet. I'll start by reading the keynote. He who faces the light and stands within its radiance is blinded to the issues of the world of men. He passes on the lighted way to the great center of absorption. But he who feels the urge to pass that way, yet loves his brother on the darkened path, revolves upon the pedestal of light and turns the other way. He faces towards the dark, and then the seven points of light within himself transmit the outward streaming light, and lo, the face of those upon the darkened way receives that light. For them the way is not so dark. Behind the warriors, Twixt the light and dark, blazes the light of hierarchy. So let's link with each other and with the worldwide group. Sounding the mantra of group fusion. I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them.
we project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. And then we extend that alignment towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. Higher interlude, hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala, radiated through the hierarchy. Using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers coming into alignment and interplay.
meditation upon the keynote for Scorpio. Warrior I am, and from the battle I emerge triumphant.
precipitation. Visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on Earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the chant plan can manifest. Use the sixfold progression of divine love, Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ, the new group of world servers, men and women of goodwill everywhere, physical plane centers of distribution. lower interlude. Refocus the consciousness within the periphery of the great ashram. Sounding together the affirmation of love. In the center of all love I stand. From that center I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy and streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. Consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher.
distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth.
Thank you, everyone. And just as a reminder, tomorrow is the day of safeguarding, the exact day of the full moon, and the exact time is at 8.53 in the morning. And then that's followed by two days of distribution, um, wherein we can link with the soul of our nation and do what we can to contribute towards the healing. And then the next festival of Sagittarius occurs next month on December 13th. Tuesday, here in our offices at 6.30 p.m. So we welcome you to attend that. Thank you very much. Ah, yeah, the new moon. (coughs) Yeah, I I don't have the date. Daniel's getting that. That's uh, 29th of this month. Thank you. If your AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs>